Amen. Hey, when you came in today, you, you, you got one of our new worship guides. Everybody get one. Everybody get one. Make sure you make sure, you know, every service we're going to be giving the worship guides out. And, uh, uh, you know, just kind of a uh, new dilly bob that we're doing. And just want you to get the worship guide and you can find out what's going on a lot of times. And, and uh, uh, you'll see these things in there. And we're going to keep reusing them. So we're going to have baskets throughout the place where you can recycle your worship guide, drop them in there. And then we've got a team that's going to refill them and reuse them. And, I mean, you won't take it home, go ahead. But uh, you could leave it and we could reuse it and we could save some of your money. Totally, totally up to you. On the inside, on the inside of that, you'll find that there's an offering envelope, and at the end of the service, we're going to be receiving the tithe and offering, and and uh, you can you can start filling that now, and don't stop till I do, okay? When I stop preaching, quit put money in there, okay? Uh, and then there's a connection card in there, and sometime over the course of the next few weeks or months, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to get everybody to fill out a connection card, and we you say, well, I already you you know you've got my stuff, I just want your card. Because your card is going to get prayed over and over and over and over and over. We're just going to, we're just going to be praying for you. Amen? And so, uh, you know, if you've got uh, questions or comments for Todd, just write them on the bottom there on the back. And, and uh, you tear that off and put it in the offering bucket when it comes by. Got prayer requests. And that way, you know, it's, it's one thing if we can pray with people. If we can get them to fill out a card, then we can, we can go further. And well, are, are you coming to my house? Are you going to we're not going to do anything you don't want us to do, I promise. But uh, the reality is, is that uh, uh, we're, 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 we're believing God for some huge things. And uh, we're going to we're going to track it so that we can prove some stuff that God's done. Amen. How, how many know God's doing great things? Great things. Great things. Look at somebody close. And say great things. Hey Amen. You know, uh, it's, it's really kind of cool have a have a brother here this morning that's, that that uh, has already told me. You know, he, he had he had cancer, and uh, we we prayed with him, and and now he doesn't have it. Isn't that awesome. Come on, God's God's worthy of big praise. You know, uh, that's just awesome. You know, there's people sitting in the room and. And, uh, uh, and, and their, their, their family unit is, is just, you know, doing awesome. They, they shouldn't be, but they are. That's God. You know, there's businesses that should have failed, but they didn't. They're succeeding because of God. Hello, somebody. Some of you guys should be committed in a place for people like you. But instead, you got committed to God, and he changed you. Hello, somebody. I I just think it's awesome what God is doing. You know, and what we're trying to do, you know, uh, what we're trying to do is is enjoy the God life together, but reach people who are far from God, get them to a place where they're close to God, so that their lives can be changed like ours. Amen. And so that we can continue to, to, to change and grow. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of an interesting time of year because in a way it's kind of like the, uh, the beginning of a new year. You know, school starts back up. Come on, parents. All right. School, school is the most wonderful time of the year. And, and you know, the kids, are, the kids are back at school and, and, and life kind of, you know, kind of gets rolling again. And, uh, you know, attendance at the church starts coming back up. That's good for me, you know, 
my ego. Uh, you know, I, I'm digging that. And, and, and you know, we get rolling, and, and you start looking around, and, and and you're seeing all the stuff that's going on. Why are we doing all that? Well, we're we're you know, do you know why we have multiple services? It's to provide you with an opportunity to serve. I, I I didn't think that was going to get like some raging amen or anything, but I just want to let it hang there. You know, well, you can just cancel those extra services then. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> so an opportunity for us to to have choices. You know, Saturday nights or Sunday mornings or you know. Uh, but but we build the services with lost people in mind. And you know what we want to do? What our goal is is that people who don't know God would come to church and, and love it. And, and that they couldn't wait to get back. Hello? Maybe if we could just wrap our mind around that and, and, and realize that, that, you know, that's how we're defining a win, is that when people who are, who are unchurched come to church and like it and might want to bring their unchurched friends back with them, people that you love and people that you care about, that they would come and find out, well, you're not really crazy. You just, you know, this is kind of cool. That's, that's kind of what we want. Hello, somebody. And, and you know what? You know what it takes? It, 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 it takes people like you who are willing to come together and believe God uh, to do something that produces life change. So, you know, so we can get to the presence of God and see how big God is. You know, when you come into his presence, you get to recognize how big God is. And when you see how big God is, you, you, you see then how small we are. Hello, somebody. But. In that spot, we can see how good God is. And we just want to share the goodness of God with, with people in, in, a, in a way that just blows their mind. Isn't it awesome when the goodness of God shows up and, and people's minds get blown? You know, that whatever the picture was that they had, uh, you know, you just say the word church and, and, and all kinds of pictures pop up. And we're all, we all have a, a, you know, a, a perception of what church is and we're all probably wrong. You, you know, but we, we want to get to a place where we're not just coming to church, but we're actually being the church. That everywhere we go, we're just carrying the goodness of God and, and that there's life change that we carry with us. It's just honest. Ever gone down to the river in your tennis shoes, you know, walked around a little bit. Then when you're coming back up, it, they squirt. You know, you, and out of your shoes, that, that squirt. that's what we, we want to spend so much time in the presence of God and the goodness of God that everywhere we go, we can't help it. We just get it on people. You know, uh, uh, down in Oregon at, at the church that uh, Shelby and I were at and Keith and they were there with us and, and uh, we, we had this old, it was a, it was a diesel uh, furnace. And you'd have to get in there early in the morning. I usually go over, you know, in the winter I have to go over pretty early and t- t- turn that thing on because it, it, you know, it just, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a great idea, but, but it's what we had. And so, and you'd have to slide around in there sometimes, go in that room and get, and there wasn't a whole lot of space and, and you'd come out and you'd be dressed for church and realize, oh shoot, man, the thing needs to be restarted. You get back in there and, and you'd come out and it, without fail, you'd come out and that would be on you somewhere. You couldn't, you couldn't go in the furnace room and come out without furnace on you. And that's really how it is with the presence of God. You can't go in without getting some of it on you. And, 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 you know, we're just believing God to do so many incredible things. But what we have to do is we have to, we have to allow God to grow us and stretch us and develop us so that we can sustain the good things that God does. Amen. Check this out. In 3 John uh, verse 2, it says, you know, beloved, I pray 
that you might prosper in all things. You know, he could have said, I'm praying for anything. I, I, I pray that you would get a better attitude. He, he could have said, I, you know, uh, in some of your translations it says, above all, I, this is what I'm praying for. Above all, above anything else, this is what I'm believing for, that you would prosper in all things. You know, and when you hear the word prosperity, if all you think about is money, you're thinking way too small. That you would prosper. Prosperity is simply the ability to respond in a godlike fashion regardless of the circumstance. That you'd be positioned to, to respond like, like God would have you do no matter what. And in all things, in all things, being healthy as your soul prospers. See, uh, uh, the problem isn't that if you don't have money that, that you're in poverty. No, the problem is when your soul is in poverty. Because that's when you, you have moments of breakthrough, but you can't sustain it. You have a, you have a, you have victory for a minute, right? You, you know, come on, come on. How many of us have had victory in an area of our life, but it lasted almost to the parking lot? Huh? You know, you come to the altar, you know, I, I can testify. I've done that before in my life. You know, get down to the altar, burr, cry. And, and I mean, just lay it all out and get up radically changed and then not make it home. Well, why couldn't we sustain it? If God did it, why, why is it gone so fast? Well, because you haven't, you haven't developed your soul. See, look at, look at uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. We, we should know this one by now. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. And we, we've studied this and know that the, the it in this verse, he's not talking about the garden. God didn't take Adam and put him in the garden and tell him, well, what I want you to do is, is to, to raise award-winning pumpkins. He put him in the garden and said, what I want you to dress and guard and keep that it. It's not the garden, it's, it's the soul. It, it, when it says that God breathed into man and man became a living being, a speaking being, he, 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 that soul that, that he released there, he said, I want you to develop that. See, uh, let me put it this way. You're praying for, 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 for healing. You know, your soul, what is that? That's the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. And we got to grow ourselves, our inner man. We got to get strong because what happens is you're praying for a healing and you get healed and you walk out of the building or, or, or away from that prayer circle or wherever it was that God touched you and your, your life is healed. But it's just a few minutes later, it's just a few minutes later and, and you start taking your pulse again. You say, well, I, I don't feel very good. I guess it didn't take. Well, see, that, that's, that's just a soul that's impoverished. Well, because we, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. See, we, we, we got to realize that what God wants to do is, is uh, you know, it's like James said, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to save your soul. We've we got we, we to allow God to change the way we think, the way we feel, the way we make our choices. Here, here's a scripture that uh, it won't be on the screen, but you, you should look it up. Isaiah, uh, I think it's 43, about verse 18, says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Shall you not know it? God said, I, I'm going to do, do some new things in your life. You know, God's wanting to do new things. But we've got to allow him to cause us to be new people. We, we gotta have a new way of thinking, a new way of feeling, a new way of choosing. We gotta have some new choices, some new actions, and some new thoughts. You know, a lot of us, we haven't had a new thought in about 25 years. Huh? Come on, you know, it, it, well why? Well because we're so, think about the, the, the pace of life that we're engaged in. It's so hectic, it's chaos. 
you know, you get up in the morning and you, and you got to get the kids up and you got to get the kids dressed and you got to get the kids in the car and you got to get the kids to school and you got to you got to get yourself ready and you got to get to work and you got to you got to get off of work a little bit early so you get the kids to the practice. You got to get the kids to the practice because they got the practice and then they got the game and then they got the, the thing and then they got the food stuff and then they got the stuff and we're just, you know, and it's constantly going and you're so busy that you have to live off of a habitual lifestyle. You have to be able to do some stuff without thought. And if you haven't trained yourself to think right, then you will habitually think wrong. So God can't do anything new because you just keep repeating the stuff. God wants to do something new. You You need to get your brain off of birth control and give birth to a new thought. You need to let God do something on the inside of you that will position you not just to experience a moment of breakthrough, but to experience a future filled with breakthrough where you can maintain what God's doing in your life. He paid an insane price so that you, you could have uh, dominion once again over your soul. Now check it out in Leviticus 17, verse 11. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And he said, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your soul. There's a reason that, that, that God sent his son to shed his blood so that he could atone your soul. Atone. Just look at that word. It's at one mint. At one mint. It's at one with. So, so that you could be at one with God again. So you would no longer be separated. So the sin that separated you from God would be atoned. Now that, that, now that's gone and you are at one with God. The devil doesn't want you to know that you are at one with God. You're not at war with God anymore. You are at peace with God. That he's on the same team you are. And that he's not working against you, but he's working for you. And, and, and if we can develop our soul, if we can grow our, our inner man and get strong, I'm here today to tell you that you can have victory in places that you've been struggling for years. You, you can have real life change. Not, again, not, not for a moment, but I'm talking about lasting life change. That you would be radically different. That, that something, and I'm not talking about your ability to, 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 uh, uh, you know, to look nice or, or to, or, or to, you know, to make the right impression. I'm talking about the reality that you have victory every day. That no weapon formed against you can prosper. Why? Because you've developed your soul to the point that you just recognize and realize it doesn't make any difference. That, that I already know that all things work together for my good. So it doesn't make any difference what the enemy intends for evil. God can turn it and use it for good. I got it. Why? Because I've developed my soul. Life change. Life change. You know what? That's what we want for you. You know, I, I love church. I grew up in church. I've been in church my whole life. I haven't always lived for God, but I've been in church my whole life. Some of you guys are looking at me like that might even be where you are right now. <laughs> I'm in church. But, you know, I, lo- I, just, I love church. I love, I-, I love doing church. But we don't want to just do church. We don't want to just do services. We want to go out and change worlds. We, we want to have impact. We want to make a difference. I-, I-, I want you to have victory when you're at your house. I want you to demonstrate Satan's defeat when you're on the job. I want you to live a life that humiliates hell everywhere you go. So that whatever you do, no matter what it is, God's receiving glory. Because every step of your journey is empowered by his power. Amen? Life change. 
So, you know, what we've been doing is we've been, we've been trying to figure out how do, how do we get, how do we get people to a place where they can demonstrate a, a real life change for, for, you know, long term? How, how do we get people that, that, that can, that, that can just, you know, succeed in every realm of life and really, really, really flourish? And, uh, you know, and go into the Word of God and, and you start studying, you find out, you know, man, we should be, we should be getting this, but there's gotta be some things, there's gotta be some things that can help us. And, and, and so we realize that God's wanting to do new things, but when I look back, and I, and I gotta just be transparent this morning, that when I look at my life, it, it's, it's almost like, well, there's a lot of stuff that we've done, but we, it's, it's it, where's, where's the new thing, God? Where's the new thing that's gonna spring forth? We, we wanna know, we wanna embrace it. And God started dealing with me and He said, well, you've got to develop your soul. So that when I do the new thing, you can actually sustain the new thing. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to think differently than you have before. And that really came as a shock to me because I thought that everything I thought was anointed and powerful. And I realized that i got to think different so that God can do the new things that he wants to do. So that we can sustain life change. Hello, somebody. Uh, I, I want to read a story about life change out of the book. It's in, in Mark chapter 5. Check it out. It, starting at verse 25. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. I mean, that's a long time. And she had suffered many things. Everybody say many things. You know, I don't even like suffering, let alone many things. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and wasn't better, but had only gotten worse. How many of you, and you, you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many, just, just think about it. How many of you have, have tried to deal with things in your life and, and given everything you could, done everything you could think of, tried everything that you could possibly out there, and, and at the end, you weren't any better, and sometimes even worse? Well, she's just like us. And, and she had grown worse, verse 27. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I can be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and he said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples, being brilliant little guys that they were, said, what are you talking about? Um, look at what they said to Jesus. There's a multitude thronging you. Like he wouldn't know that. Who touched you? We don't know. Who touched you? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. This is a story about life change. It's about life change. You know, there's a lot of great things going on around here. A lot of great things going around the garden. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of great things. But, and I don't want to downplay any of that, but I got to tell you, and I just, I just want to sow this into your heart and your spirit, that what we want to believe God for is radical life change. I'm thankful for all that God's doing, but man, we just want, we want life change. You know, I, I, I thank God for what he's doing, but, but is it okay to just tell you that I'm believing for more than we've ever seen before? 
I, I, want, I want us to have the ability to, to, to sustain what, what God's doing and, and, and for people to, to, to know it and experience it, share it and broadcast it and multiply it. Uh, we we kind of study the industry. If, no matter what you do, you probably should do that too. If you don't, you know, study the industry you're in. We're, we, we, we study churches and we've, been, uh, you know, we receive insight and revelation from people who are uh, ahead of us who have gone places that we've not reached yet before. And, and, uh, uh, and, and there's some churches that we've really connected with because of, of what they uh, what they believe and 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 the uh, effectiveness that they're having and and uh, we we took a small team of people we went back to Alabama to a church called Church of the Highlands and we hooked up with Pastor Chris Hodges there and his team and and you know you know what was cool is that when we were there we're seeing all of this stuff going on and they have great great success and 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 lives are being changed and it's radical but what was cool is that it was like being being in that environment and and really you know you look around the room and and it just felt so good it felt kind of like you know, it felt just like us, you know, and, and, and the picture that I saw, it was like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a cake. Think about a cake. You know, I like cake. Dude, I like cake. And uh, matter of fact, I'm, I thank God that, you know, I see in pictures kind of, and, and I, and I thank God that he showed me a cake because had he showed me a veggie tray, I probably would have just wouldn't even have caught anything out of the trip. But, but he showed, he showed me, it's like, it's like a cake and you, you, you're cutting into that cake and you start eating on that cake and you go, mm-hmm, this is good cake. And then you come home and, and we look in the pantry and we realize we have all the ingredients. We just haven't ever put them together according to that recipe before. And, you know, we got all the agreements. I, you know, the church is growing. God's doing great things. Uh, we're in a great spot. You know, you know, you're part of a healthy house. You know, you, you know the average church that runs around five, 600 people doing research is, you know, uh, uh, and, and the average church that runs five, 600 people in, in that neighborhood, uh, uh, that, that size church, their, uh, their annual income, uh, they spend 55% of that on salaries. If you ever wonder, well, who, what are we doing with all the money? What's happening with all the money? Who gets, is the preacher getting rich off my money? I'm here today to testify. Not this one. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, the average church is about 55% of their incomes going out to salaries. As a matter of fact, in micro churches, churches that are 110 or less, uh, it's about 70 Seventy percent, of course, you know, it makes sense because you've got fewer people and taking care of that guy. And, and uh, 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 churches that are, that are really doing things though, that are really healthy, you know, they, they get down around 40 percent. We've made a commitment to never go over that in, in our salary. But last year, the, the total amount of money that came in, uh, if, if you take that percentage that went to salaries, we, we were a little under 25 percent. I think you ought to clap right there. I think that's good. I think that's, I think it's awesome. You know, just let you know that the, that the money that you give, you know, when we have guest speakers, we don't even take double offerings. We don't, we hardly ever take multiple offerings because the money that you give not only is coming in here and taking care of the house, but we also bought over a million meals for you know, kids in Haiti this year. We also uh, rescued girls from the sex trade in Nepal and in India. We've also put wells in in places. Yeah, I think we ought to be celebrating. We put wells in where people don't have water. We've taken care of hundreds of families right here in the Tri-Cities. We've done great things. 
Okay, and, and you, I just want you to know that really you're just part of a you're just part of a healthy church. We, we've got 10 acres over here on Riata that we own that we're going to build a building on, and, and uh, we're in a partnership. We've got 80 acres up on 395 that we're going to sell to pay for the building that we're going to build over on Riata, and, and we own that stuff. You're, you're, guys, we're in a healthy house. You know, here, here, here's the deal: it is you know we don't owe anybody anything. Whoa! But I, you know, it's just part of the ingredients. We got some great ingredients. We got great people, great team. But but I, I got to be honest with you. But, but some of us, you know, it's it's, it's like, uh, well, can can I just be really real this morning for just a minute? Because that's how long I have is a minute. Where we are, I'm, I'm happy that, that, that you know where we where you are, but I'm not satisfied. I want more. And God showed me. I love this passage of scripture because you know what? This is kind of our life. It says, you know, uh, that this gal who had suffered and had spent everything and she had just gotten worse instead of better. It, look at verse 27. When she heard, I'm going to give you four keys here this morning, real quick. Four keys to 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 getting your breakthrough and maintaining it, having life change. When she heard, how many you know Romans 10:17? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You got you got to hear. You got to hear the word. I think we've done pretty good there. I think we do good in the house giving you the Word of God. Right? And that's where it starts. It all just starts with the Word of God. But when she heard, when she heard, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind. So what did she do? She added action. See, point number one, you gotta hear the Word. Point number two, you gotta act on the Word. So when she heard, she, she came behind him in the crowd. James says that faith without works, put that up for me. You got that James scripture? Is it does, if, if faith doesn't have actions of obedience to back it up, by itself, it's destitute of power. Well, why hasn't the Word of God changed my life? Because you haven't given actions of obedience to back it up. So you got to hear the Word, and then you gotta, you got to walk it out. you you got to act it out. you got to get involved in it. And, and she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment. For she said, there's number three, you, you got to hear it. You gotta act on it, and then you gotta change the way you talk. Why? Well, because what's in the well is coming up in the bucket. And, and, and you know, I, I think we've done pretty good. I think we do pretty good giving you the word and encouraging you to get involved. And, and, and really, I think we do pretty good trying to teach you how to, how to talk. God talk. How to challenge your, how to challenge yourself. And, and you know, quit, quit agreeing with the enemy. But there was something else here, and I hadn't ever really seen it before. You know, uh, she said, if I can touch his clothes, I'm going to be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she had been healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? And his disciples said, we haven't got a clue. And in verse 32, he looked around to see her who had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. See, I think, I think we need the word. You've got to hear it. I think you've got to act on it. I think you've got to talk it. But what she had was the ability. She had an opportunity to share her story. If she hadn't shared her story, we wouldn't know that she had had an issue of blood for 12 years. If she hadn't shared her story, we wouldn't have known that she had suffered many things. That she had seen many physicians. If she hadn't shared her story, we wouldn't know that she had spent all that she had. She hadn't shared her story. We we wouldn't know that she hadn't got better, but only worse. We we wouldn't know any of this. 
But she had a place where she shared her story. And I got to tell you, I think probably one of the one of the issues that I've had in my life and in leadership is I I just never got it. And I think you could I think you can see it in the culture of our house that that I didn't get it. But but God's really dealing with me and saying, listen, I need you to think differently. I need you to open up. I need you to 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 entertain some new thoughts. And when we went to Alabama, they explained some stuff to me in a way that I'd never really seen it before, because, you know, I'm just going to take a real quick moment and just share this, that any time that you say the word small group to me, I kind of throw up my mouth a little bit. Just a little. Because, you know, the, the circle that I've grown up in, uh, uh, and, you know, man, we're, we're, we're Pentecostal, you know, uh, believers and on fire for God. Well, so are they, but uh, they have a different definition than I did. And the small groups that I've ever been around have always created more problems. As a matter of fact, when we had small groups, uh, uh, it was the, if we found somebody we didn't like, we put them in one because they didn't hang around here very long. We put them in a small group, and they're gone. And so uh, some of you guys, well, no, I won't go there. But, uh, you know, we, we, we had one or two groups that were really healthy, but most of the time it was just, it was just a lot of work, a lot of effort. And, it, well, and, and I looked at it like a small group's fault, but really God showed me it wasn't a small group's fault. It was, it was leadership's fault. And uh, you can trace all problems back to the head. That sucks. <laughs> but uh, uh, they began to show us how to just simply take people's gifts and show them how to use those gifts in administry to the life. In most cases, doing what they're already doing, but add ministry to it and giving people the opportunity to share their story. Because of the culture that we're in and, and the lifestyle that we have, and we're all so busy, but how to bring God into what we're doing so that we can have health, so that we have growth, so that we can maintain life change. See, I've always thought that, well, if you get the word and you act on the word and you talk the word, that's all you need. But God said, no, there's another part of that story that you haven't seen. People need, the, uh, the, need an environment where they can share their story. It seals the deal. And so, uh, you, you know what I found out? I, I found out that there's a way to do uh, what we would call small groups. Uh, uh, you can call it whatever you want, but there's, there's, a way, there's a way to get together and bake cakes and add ministry to it. And I'm thinking, my God, that is an awesome idea. There's a way to do anything that you do and add ministry to it. And, and, and you know, in the upcoming months, as we go through some... Uh, uh, organizational structure adjustments. It's not anything different than who we are. It's, it's really, it's not, and if you have a bad picture when you hear the word small group, I, I just want, what I'm going to ask you to do is to kind of grace us a little bit, trust us a little bit, and watch and see what happens because we're not, it's not, it's probably not what you're thinking. But the reality is, is that what we want is for you to experience real, lasting life change. Lasting life change. I'm not talking about adding hundreds of services or meetings to your life. I'm talking about taking your life and adding ministry to it. Not doing more, doing the same thing, but just knowing how to do it under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, and, and there are people, there are people in, in the room right now who have, who have so much that God has done in their life, and it'll bless you when you hear their story. And it'll, it'll bless them when they hear yours. See, we have a tendency to isolate and separate. Uh, Proverbs 18:1 says, "He who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment." And we have a, we have a tendency to separate ourselves. And God's saying, "You know what? I want you to do. I just want you to to know how how to take your relationships to the next level. 
how to just strengthen yourself and how, how to grow and how to take what I'm doing in your life and cause it to multiply. Because, see, a lot of times things happen in our life, but we, have, we never share the story so it doesn't multiply. Do you realize how many people have been healed because of this one woman's story? God's going to do some amazing things in the lives of others through your story, too. It's about life change. People in the room today, some of you, you need life change. You need to embrace this moment and let God begin to do a work in your life that can change you from the inside out. Not for a minute, not for a moment, but for eternity. You need to realize that God loves you and he's for you. Now, I'm not talking just simply about maybe, you know, well, I prayed the sinner's prayer. Well, good. But have you sustained life change? I mean, I, I want you to have more than a bumper sticker and a T-shirt. I, I, want, you to have, I want you to have something that, that empowers you every single day of your life. And I just want to pray with people. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I need God to do a work in my life. I'm ready to surrender my life to God. Maybe you've prayed the sinner's prayer a hundred times. Maybe you never have. That's not the question. The question is, are you here today and you say, you know what? Pastor Tom, what I want is to permit God to begin life changing me today. A lot of times, you know, I'll have you close your eyes and bow your heads. But, but today, I, today, I'm not going to make it easy. I, I, I kind of I want to challenge you that if you're here and you say, you know what? I'm ready for God to do work in me. I'm going to get real with God so God can get real with me. And I ain't messing around. And if that's you, I just want you to just, just stand up right where you are. Say, okay, I'm, I'm going to let God do a work in my life today.